It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Football Social Daily. Premier League Preview. Hello and welcome to the Football Social Daily Weekend Preview Show. Now this weekend we're going for something a little bit different. Regular listeners to the show will know that we get stuck into Premier League action, previewing the games of a weekend. But this weekend we're going all nostalgic. We're going for the FA Cup third round. Something for me that on the football calendar is an enormous date. It's something that you look out for earlier on in the season when the draw gets made and you kind of make a mental note. First week of January, when we've had a billion games over Christmas, this is kind of like the dessert at the end of Christmas when, you, when you've gorged yourself on, on football and food. There's still, you know, there's still one more mince pie that's fallen down the back of the counter that you're going to go for. So join tonight, myself, Fergal Brennan. We have the Manchester City correspondent for The Athletic, Sam Lee. Hello, Sam. How are you? Very well, thanks. Good stuff. Uh, Mark Critchley, Northern Football Correspondent for The Independent. Hello, Fergal. How are you? Very good, very good. And finally, football reporter for the Manchester Evening News. How are we? Hello, I'm very good, thank you. Good stuff, good stuff. Right, I'm going to ask you a straight question. Tyrone, I'm going to start with you. FA Cup third round, does it still mean something to Premier League fans? To, to Premier League fans, probably not as much, well, certainly not as much as it used to. I think that that corny word magic has, has been eroded from, from the FA Cup and especially third round weekend. Um, I don't think it's the fault of all the big clubs. I think the FA themselves have got a share some responsibility for it I think the scheduling is absolutely dreadful when you've got all these staggered kickoff times I think there's eight games kicking off at three o'clock tomorrow on yeah. three o'clock today on, on a Saturday which is just ludicrous for the FA Cup third round it used to be you'd have 25-30 games kicking off at three o'clock you'd follow them all you'd wonder where the shocks are you know there's loads of games kicking off at half twelve tomorrow uh, on Saturday there's loads of games kicking off at two o'clock on Sunday no one cares about those kickoff times if they're not on telly <laughs> they should be on at three o'clock that's not helped I think for a number of reasons that the attraction of the third round has gone. The fact that so many changes are made it is an issue. And I think its place in the calendar, you know, you were talking up its place in the calendar there. And historically, that's what we all remember it as. But I think its place in the calendar now is uh, is a problem. I think it needs moving if it wants to, re- you know, have some of that attraction. Because inevitably, teams are going to make changes. They've played a lot of games in the past month. There are a lot of games over Christmas and... The Premier League takes priority because the finance is available, so inevitably the, the Cup's going to suffer in this place in the calendar. Mark, when you look at the the top sides in the Premier League and you think they've got 
generally speaking, European games to be thinking about. They've got players that are going away on international duty during the during the domestic season. This has now, for me, come just above the League Cup in terms of teams' priorities, in terms of managers' priorities. From a fan's perspective, where do you think fans are the most angry with? As, as Ty said, do you think it will be with the FA, that they've not maybe fought hard enough for the FA Cup? Or do you think they'd kind of put their anger towards the television companies for moving kickoff times? Or do you think they would go for their own clubs and say, we haven't won a trophy in X amount of years, mm-hmm. this is what we should be doing? It's, it's a complex one. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose your question kind of presumes they'd be angry in the first place and we're not really sure because we're all kind of asking this question, how do we feel about it? We're all a bit ambivalent and a bit indifferent. I think um, for some clubs it matters, certainly. You'd look at Everton, perhaps, who haven't won a trophy since uh, 1995 when they won the final. You look at Newcastle back in the 60s. They mm-hmm. obviously approach this competition and the League Cup every year looking to do something in it. But for those, for the top six and you know, arguably for sides that are trying to fight against relegation, it becomes it, it drops down the list of priorities. Um, we we have this debate every year, and you know, I don't think it's going to change until something radical changes. And that doesn't mean staggering kickoffs and uh, you know, getting rid of extra time in later rounds of penalty shootouts or whatever. I think it involves maybe radically rethinking how we do domestic cup football in this country and why. We are still one of the only countries in Europe that has two domestic cup competitions. Now, the League Cup isn't even over yet. I know there's only four teams left in it now, but it does feel kind of stupid and senseless that we have United, uh, City and Leicester, for example. I forget who else is in the the semi-final. Villa, is it? Villa, Villa. Right, sorry, Villa. Um, We've got those four teams and they've all got different priorities in the league. You know, we're talking about three teams that are going for European places and another that's battling against relegation. And they've got another cup competition thrown at them at this time as well. So I don't know. I'm like spitballing off the top of my head. We'll maybe come up with some ideas later. But do you, do you just do you perhaps get rid of the League Cup and put the FA Cup all in one month? I think that could maybe work. I don't know. People probably wouldn't like the fact there was no Premier League in the whole of January or February or whenever you play it. But there needs to be some kind of radical change before this competition loses all of its luster and all that magic that we talk about every year. Sam, when you look at the the results over the last few years, or going back even a few decades, we were chatting before we started recording about how, generally speaking, it's always a top four, top six side that wins it. And when you look back over the, the finals over the last 20, 30 years, you've got to go back to the 80s to talk about a side sides that are no longer in the Premier League that won it, that was Coventry and Wimbledon, and then obviously slightly more closer to home, we've got Wigan and Portsmouth who won it in the last 20 years. So as much as, almost similarly to the, to the League Cup, as much as managers will rest players here and rest players there, they tend to then come a bit strong in the quarters and the semis because they do take it seriously. But from a fan's point of view, you look at it and think, well, they didn't care about it in the third and the fourth and the fifth round. Mm. Is it difficult for fans to get excited when a manager suddenly goes, Right, I'm really passionate about the FA Cup now. We're going to try and win it. Well, I don't know. I suppose for neutrals, if you're not bothered, but for fans, you know, if you if you're a fan of even like a big club, like Manchester United, have got bigger issues now. But United would love to win the FA Cup. I know when they won it in 2015, that had been 11 years since they'd last won it, and every year going in, whether it was United under Ferguson at the start of the season, I remember fans going, "I'd love to win the FA Cup this year" because it had been so long. Or even for, you know, United now struggling again would love to win a trophy. Yeah, and yeah, like City fan. City fans as well, at, at the moment, last couple of years, you know, they play weakened squads, you know, to, uh, against um, Port Vale. They'll play a young team, but they'll probably get through. But yeah, fans, as soon as they get to quarterfinals or, or semifinals, it's like, we can win this. So yeah, of course, I think it's natural that the, the fans get on board with it as well. But it's just, you know, you see you're going back to the 80s for different winners. It's just, football's different now. You know, the 
obviously like Liverpool were dominant in the 80s and United were dominant in the 90s and the 2000s but just the concentration of money now just means that it's so vital to either stay in the Premier League or try and win the Premier League or finish a couple of places higher and that you know the Premier, even the Premier League squads lower down they'll, they'll rest players to try and stay up the higher the, the teams higher up like City you know in the last couple of years they won the League Cup twice won the FA Cup not playing strong squads but just because they've got a stronger squad than everyone else it's just not the priority anymore. Before the FA Cup and the Premier League was probably two sides of the same coin. Now it's just completely different. The Premier League's far, far away outweighed it. And yeah, there are definitely clubs where you'd think you could probably name 15, 16 clubs in the Premier League. You should definitely be trying to win the FA Cup, but I'm sure they'd want to, but 10 of those are probably going to be battling against relegation. A few just like aren't particularly good enough. And the rest, you know, like United, they are also thinking, well, we're trying to actually get the top four, we're trying to get the top six. So there's very few clubs in a decent position you think Wolves, but Wolves haven't got a bigger squad anyway. So no, and they've got the Europa League to yeah, exactly. Have a decent chance of going far. And yeah, and with the Europa League, you kind of think, well, Champions League wise, the Europa League isn't up to much. But you'd rather have a good go at the Europa League than the FA yeah, Cup now, yeah. I think, because it would, it, that's yeah. just more and that, fashionable. And, and that, that that for me, I think, shows exactly where the FA Cup is going. Because you think when the UEFA Cup was remodelled into the Europa League, the the comments that were made about it and people weren't happy with the new format, etc., etc., etc. And now we're in a position where Wolves, who've done really well in the in the group stage of the Europa League, are probably going to prioritise that over a third third round cup tight against Manchester United. I think that really shows where the cup is at the moment and where it's potentially heading. Yeah, I was it, to speak in defence of the FA Cup. I mean, I follow a non-league football team, and I think the reason why I was saying before why I would perhaps maybe get rid of the League Cup, even though that's arguably been a bit more entertaining over the last few years, is because the FA Cup has this really important, you know, contributional factor to the rest of English football that you do get, perhaps not so much this year, but you do get non-league teams getting into the third round or even the first round earlier on, getting away draws, getting replays at teams that are much bigger than them, and the gates are split. And that becomes, you know... At that level, it is kind of what the whole season revolves around. If you're having, we talk about Premier League teams not being bothered. If you're even in League Two or the Conference or below, below that, you're looking towards the FA Cup to give you that financial boost that maybe gives your club sustainability for the next two or three years. And I think that, you know, especially this year where we've lost one football league club to extinction, I think that is something important to remember that it does have this redistribu- redistributive mm. effect that um, if we radically alter or change the FA Cup too much by getting rid of replays, for example, for example, which is one thing a lot of big clubs would be in favour of, I imagine, then we do lose something that's kind of fundamentally important about football in this country. So that's the one thing I'd say in its defence. I think that the problem with getting rid of the League Cup is that the League Cup performs that route for the EFL as well. It's a good money spender for the yep. EFL. And... You know, the, 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 I mean, the League Cup produces probably better. I prefer the League. Cup. Yeah, I do in a way. The Entertainment semi- value. Yeah, yeah. I think from the semi-finals. I mean, the, it's over very quickly. We're at the semi-finals next week, and it's the first week of January. Mm. But the semi-finals recently, you've, you've had some really big games there. You've got another yeah. at least one big game next week. You make an argument that Villa Leicester is a really intriguing yeah. two-legged game. And I think I think it'd be a shame if you got rid of the League Cup. I also think that in five years' time, we probably wouldn't notice it was gone and we'd forget we ever had it. To be honest. <laughs> But I do feel like now we have got it, it, it's not worth getting rid of. And I don't think it would change anything either. But what if makes, we got rid of the League sorry. Cup, if we got rid of the League Cup yeah. next season, do we think teams would play stronger teams in the FA Cup? No, they wouldn't. Would no. They? It wouldn't no. make any difference. What do you think makes the League Cup good that doesn't make the FA Cup good, though? Because 
There's no, there are no replays. There are there, and it's just, it is <laughs> yeah. decided but on that, the night. That's there a very no loose no, I think games are played on it's nights. It's midweek. Games I, are played on Another nights, thing that people don't the like is the, the fact that the, like, it's stupid, but it's the fact that you know people play fantasy Premier League, and then you've got a weekend <laughs> off because the FA Cup's on. Yeah. Yeah, and fans yeah, are like, well, just, it just gets in the way. Or you'd rather, like, whether your team's winning or losing, especially if they lose, you want to get back get back on the horse and try and win again the next yeah. week people don't sure. like the rhythm of the Premier League bro, being broken up but as soon as we start breaking like 125 odd years of history for fantasy football players I like fantasy <laughs> yeah, football no, 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 no. Like, like, it's, it's stupid isn't I it I am that's, against that that's part of the, re- that's part of the reason <laughs> but like I don't know it's, you kind of feel like as, in, as a football fan as well I kind of feel like sometimes not all football fans you know that the people still going to taller games but some kind of regard it as like it's like a weekend off mm. it's like we're saying the yeah. FA Cup this weekend yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to sit at home and watch all the games you know you don't have to Think about it so much, not to worry about bets or mm. yeah, like fancy, I'm fancy, fancy football. Already. <laughs> I've got to cover a game this weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm kind like, of like it's, well, it's like a weekend know. off. It's just yeah. it's just different. The, I mean, I'm not sure they'd ever. I'm not sure they'd ever make it a midweek competition. But I, I do like the league. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was like, yeah, get rid of the league cup. Now I'm thinking, get rid of the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, the league the league <laughs> cup's got less it around to live up to as well, which is like you say, what makes the league cup different yeah. than the FA Cup? No, no one's no one's having this discussion going. Has the league cup lost its glamour because it never really had any? Yeah. Just a nice, a nice little competition. It's not got any great history or status to live up to. But when there's a belting game in the League Cup, which there often are, everyone's like, "Oh, that was good. I enjoyed that." Yeah. But you don't really expect anything from it. You expect something from the FA Cup. But One I, of the possible differences as well. Sorry. Um, it, yeah, it's like the time of year. It's, it's halfway through the season now. You've either got teams that are like proper beleaguered, like, "Oh, we need to get out of relegation," mm. or like, you know, and especially the third round, like yeah. you were saying, it's just coming through Christmas and there's a load of games. Mm. You think, "Oh, I can't, I can't be bothered with this." You know, we play the reserve team. But like the start of the season, teams are still, you know, they're still finding their feet. They're still trying stuff out. Yeah, they play, they play like weaker teams. They don't play the stronger eleven. But it's there's kind of there's like there's no kind of pressure on at all. Mm. That's one of the things I think I like about the League Cup is sometimes there's just some mad scores, and you obviously get that in the FA Cup as well. But just in in the League Cup, that's what I mean. Last couple of years, you think, hold on, this is this is a mad competition. Yeah, like all sorts happens here. But it's going on in like August and September, and teams aren't tired for a start, and they're also just thinking. You know, this is a new season. Let's see what we got. But yeah. by the by, January and February, it's like, well, it's it's getting towards the business end of the Premier League. And like I say, for financial reasons, Premier League's the be all and end all. So that greatly affects it. I, I mean, was, maybe you could move it earlier, but obviously, the, the FA Cup is still going on. It's just the third round where the Premier League teams are coming. Yeah, it starts. It's still going on. It starts all the other in teams July are, already. Really, exactly. It's all the I mean, other teams so, who still yeah. need it. So yeah. I don't know how they'd go about it. Do you think maybe it's, it's, it is this inflexibility that's holding the FA Cup back? Like as Sam said, it, it almost looks like almost feels like an ordeal for fans now. And Ty was right when he says about uh, League Cup games. We've all gone into work after a League Cup game and it might not even be a team we support. And you go, did you see that last night? 10-7. Did you see what happened? See what happened? <laughs> Nothing exciting seems to happen in the FA Cup third round anymore. Or maybe even the fourth or the fifth. Forgive me if I'm, I'm missing a result, but you don't seem to have that excitement. And, and Sam's right. On a Monday, you can go into work and you'll talk about Premier League football that happened that weekend. I don't think many people, unless there's some really, really huge stories this weekend, will be going in on Monday and saying, did you see this result? Did you see that result? And we're in this very strange situation where the FA Cup is almost potentially learning from the League Cup if it wants to survive. Yeah, I'd say so. I think the problem is there is that the FA Cup kind of suffers from something that you know we we talk about all the time, which is the fact that clubs at the top of the Premier League, in the Premier League, but also right throughout English football and the English football pyramid, if you've got money, you're becoming more successful. And you can say that's always been the way, but it has, to some way, you think of like Hereford beating Newcastle in the 1970s and John Motson and everything. 
you know, these teams weren't that different in terms of style, in terms of they had greater resources because it's a bigger club and you get bigger gate receipts. But at the end of the day, there's not a great difference in kind of like physicality and athleticism. And nowadays, the the top end of the game is so professionalised and there's so much money and it runs all the way down that, I mean, you look at the third round draw this year and there really aren't that many, like I said before, non-league teams in there. And so that kind of, you know, the the uh, USP, if you like, to use a terrible business term, uh, <laughs> of the FA Cup has been lost in that respect. Um, but I, like I say, I don't think you, you can... We talked about maybe bringing it forward in the calendar and, and playing it earlier, but then there's all these teams, there's all, like I said, there's all these non-league teams competing and trying to play for a place in the first round then as well. So when do they play? You probably have to lose them. And this is where, you know, perhaps we have to come to the conclusion that the FA Cup is just kind of out of its time with the way that modern, modern football is going. It's, it's not keeping up with the really accelerated pace and where that leads, I don't know. But in terms of in terms of change, as I say, the League Cup, we, we laughed at the fact that it changes its sponsor all the time, that it could go from the Carabao Cup, it could be, God knows, in the next couple of years, the the Mars Bar Cup maybe, the, the Crunchy Cup, who knows. What sort of changes, and, and, and I think Mark is right, supporters are, are very protective of the FA Cup in some ways. Whilst they might be massively excited on the outside, I think there's a lot of um, reverence for, for protecting almost the institution of it. Mm. What Ty, we'll go with you first. What what change do you think that they can make or that they need to make, not only to, to claw back fan attention, but to, to keep the competition alive? Um I, I, if I had to pick one one, it would probably be moving rather than move forward, move the third round back. Because I think it is to soft- give a longer kind of post Christmas, post yeah, New Year I break. Think it, it, it suffers in its place in the calendar now. Football has become so physical. Um that you know, players do need a break after playing what four times in eleven days, ten days, something like that over Christmas. Players do need a break, and managers are going to make make changes to their teams, and it, it means less as an upset when you're playing. You know, when somebody beat Sheffield United second string yeah. this weekend, it's going to mean less. No, no, no one, no one really going to care beyond the teams involved in that fixture. It, it means something when you play uh, a big team and and win. To, to use my own example, I think we're going to talk about them later, but. I still remember when Shrewsbury beat Everton back in 2003. And it was a strong Everton team. It was the year they were doing really well. I think they were fourth at the time. Rooney had still playing at Everton, just come into it. They played their strongest team. We beat them 2-1. And me and my mates all, all still talk about that. It's 17 years ago now, this round. But we still, you know, when, when your time up comes up or whatever, and yeah. you remember it's that day, we still like WhatsApp each other the highlights and talk about what a great night out it was afterwards and stuff like that, where I don't think that's really happening anymore. And I think part of that is... I mean, if they move it back, it might make no difference at all. But I do feel it's hindered by its place in the calendar at the moment. And this this mid-season break that we've got shoehorned into February for some mm. reason, I feel be far better served being now for two weeks when everyone's probably out footballed anyway. Sam, would you agree with that, that changes of, of formatting or the way that the games are structured are the way to go? Or do you think that maybe the damage is almost done in terms of what the FA can do and that the Premier League now is actually more powerful than the FA in terms of deciding where games are, are scheduled and, and ultimately where the money goes. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just a natural thing. It's just how football, like I say, the Premier League's just too big. You know, it's too not, powerful. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's, that's just where the priorities are going to be. Like, like I said, whether you're trying to stay up or win the league or finish in the top eight, six, four, one, I don't know. But that's, it's just how it is, I think. Um, I, I think. One thing that could help maybe is if they just, I know they used VAR before the Premier League, but if they stopped using VAR, that would be good because people would be yeah, like, oh, there's a game without VAR. Yeah. Like, and the way people hate VAR yeah. at the moment, 
That would actually be a good selling point. But you know what they're doing this weekend? They're just using it in the Premier League. Yeah, stadiums. exactly, which is like... Which is like, it's going to be crazy. two different competitions within the same competition. Yeah. There, there was the same last year as well, wasn't there? Yeah, like there yeah. was certain results should, yeah. But even when they're not using VAR, they can't get it right. Just the whole thing about VAR. <laughs> but the other thing, I suppose, is it a Premier League problem? Because like, this is a Premier League podcast. You know, we cover Premier League clubs. Obviously, you guys support Shrewsbury and Chorley. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've outed you there. But, um, oh, no. but, AFC um, foul fans, there's going to be no bias here, don't we? Yeah, but um, but like, is this a Premier League debate? Like, if there was a, a football league podcast, like, you know, we're you know we're playing a Premier League team this weekend. We still love the FA Cup, yeah, and mm, we still go yeah. for it. Is yeah. it only us, you know, us fantasy football players, and us spoil at the top end <laughs> fans of top clubs or cover us of big clubs? Is this a thing that you know we talk of? You know, it has lost its luster a bit. Yeah. but maybe there's you know, seventy two clubs, the fans of those clubs vast majority of those thinking look I know Leeds might be thinking well we could focus on promotion or West Brom or mm. teams like, but the vast majority might be sort of thinking well we've got a, a winnable game this weekend or we've got a, a potential giant killing week this weekend maybe it's because uh, it's so you know it, yeah. the Premier League did, dictates doesn't it the yeah. the news cycle and you know the, the fans and you know football Twitter and all that it's just it's just bigger so maybe, maybe that's part of it as well it would be interesting to see how many championship teams and ones that are definitely fighting out for promotion rest their players mm. this weekend and uh, that, that it, is it kind does of happen a, as well, yeah it? and yeah. it does happen and that is kind of a I don't know like a canary in the coal mine if you like of of this mm. but then I suppose that's the other side of it yeah. Yeah. getting to the Premier League it's so valuable yeah, exactly yeah. Yeah. Like you're not even in it and you're, yeah. and you're feeling the effects of it because yeah. you're trying to get there and I think from a from a club perspective if you're, if you're a championship side pushing for promotion Will there'll be pressure from within the club to say, don't play certain players in in FA Cup games because financially the Championship player final is the the most um, financially rewarding game in world football. So it's it's this horrible balance, as, as Sam said. Of I, I'm fairly confident that the EFL 72 clubs and their supporters will want more focus on the FA Cup because it matters more. And I don't mean that in in, in a condescending way, but unfortunately, the beast that is the Premier League tends to drive the, the, the narrative as Sam said and, and generally speaking they get what they want mm. I, yeah I, I do think there's also an element of I think managers are making changes for the FA Cup because it's the de rigueur thing to do it's just like whatever else is doing it so I'll do it you and know, they have I, a perfect excuse now after Christmas as well yeah they do and I do think that is that is an issue the physicality of it and players who've played four games are going to find it tough to go again but even if it moved back I think a lot of teams would make changes and I've said on it before that I used to cover Burnley and you know, Sean Dyche used to make changes for every cup game, League Cup, FA Cup. His record in cups at Burnley is terrible, and he just get, he, you know, they just get out with them. They're not really bothered, and it, 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 they do it in seasons where they're perfectly fine in mid-table. They're going into January, you know, you're never safe from relegation in January, but it would take a remarkable turn of events to go down, yet still making lots of changes. And part of it might be to give fringe players game time as well, but it just feels like making changes for for the sake of it and. You know, Dice used to always argue that fans that fans would rather stay up than win a trophy. And he used to make the argument about Wigan. And it, saying that Wigan fans would swap winning the FA Cup for having stayed in the Premier League. And it, we'd all sit there in a media room going, that's, that's yeah, nonsense. That's true, yeah, yeah. and it, it, it kind of shows that I think man, a lot of managers have probably become so embroiled in what it means to stay in the Premier League yeah. for the prestige and the money that they've kind of lost touch with what it means to... That is their job. That was that is that what is what their yeah. job will be. The pressure's just on. Well, the pressure yeah. must be yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah, but those Wigan fans would 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 never swap winning the FA Cup for another meandering no. season in the Premier League and probably going down the year after. They'd they'd be perfectly happy with their lot. I'd have thought. No, yeah, well, I I would agree, and I think Daishi's comments, as you say, he's just trying to preserve his own position of mm. this is why I'm doing this. He's almost using a bit of a strange example to to justify what he's doing. Now, Burnley are probably one of the clubs in that sweet spot. Let's have a go. 
Yeah, yeah. Maybe not yeah. anymore. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah true. Doing pretty badly. But, but yeah, gen- like generally, it's like you're yeah. not you. Yeah, fine. They they could be struggling, but, but it's like you, you're generally right. you're not going to go down. You're not you're not going to finish top six. Yeah. Just have a go. Yeah. yeah. Well, on that subject, after the break, we're going to uh, preview the two all Premier League side. Hold on. Well, on that subject, after the break, we're going to preview the two all Premier League ties. But before we take a quick break, just a bit of fun. We're going to go around the room. We look at the 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 odds at the moment for who is going to win it, and obviously it's the the usual suspects in the top three, four in terms of the uh, the odds at the moment. Wolves are eighteen to one to win it. They're the, they're the highest um, price side that are not in the top six at the moment. Someone like a Wolves, I know we mentioned before, and they've got the Europa League. Can you legitimately see? Aside, making a bit of a burst for it, or do you think we're just being a bit nostalgic? No, I think a team like Wolves or, or Leicester could. But Leicester are a top a four side it. now at the minute. They would are. They, would they swap so. that? Would they swap Champions League qualification for an FA Cup? No, 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 no I don't think you would. No chance. Um, you could see Wolves, but I think their issue is the Europa League. And if, if they go far in the Europa League, they're, they're going to rapidly, well, not rapidly lose interest in the FA Cup, but it's going to be inevitable to make changes. So, I, I you know. I'd be surprised if a top, a traditional top six side didn't win it. Um, you, you know, there's always a chance of a team making a, a run for it. It'd be nice in a way to see a team like Newcastle get to the semi-finals, just to, you know, because you know it would mean so much to them and the, the chance of winning a trophy. But I think it's, you know, I think a top six side will win it, and it'll probably be a top six final. Does anyone dare to go against Ty with a little bit of a, a twinkle in their eye? I'd- Come on, Mark. No, Anyone? Sorry. Is sorry, it Edward? I think I think, um, I think City might win it. Yeah, yeah I think City or Spurs. You think? Well, because especially the way they're looking at the minute without Kane, and you know the way Mourinho can just dictate things, and people go, "Oh yeah, Liverpool's going to agree with that, even if it's not true." He might just go, "Oh wow, we were never going to get the top four anyway," and people start thinking, "Okay, well it was never relevant, but it'll just play a strong team in the FA Cup every time." Mm-hmm. Thing is with Liverpool, I know they're, they're talking about injuries. So I saw someone, a, a mate who covers Liverpool last night, and the injuries are piling up. I looked at their eleven last night. Only Fabinho. Is out, but anyway, yeah, Liverpool could blitz it if they wanted, yeah, but they never seem to. And fine, if they're going to focus on the Premier League and the Champions League, then who's, who's arguing with that? Liverpool's issue will be getting through but, this weekend, yeah, exactly. But yeah. I'd imagine that I'd imagine they'd play a weak team and go out and they won't be that bothered and they'll have a good mm-hmm. season anyway. I think they'll probably win the Premier League and the Champions League, but other than that, the only teams at the top, I think, yeah, the big teams will be Spurs. Or City. Thing, if, if Liverpool get through this weekend and get to the fourth, fifth round and are looking good in other competitions, then you, you start talking about possible treble, don't you? Yeah, and that would make it for maybe the fifth round more of an incentive for them. But it'd be no surprise if they got beat this weekend given the team he's looking at playing. Well, we're going to look at that in detail after the break. Liverpool facing Everton. Everton chasing a first win at Anfield since 1999. We're also going to be talking about this kind of perpetual game that goes on between Wolves and Manchester United. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's side go to Molyneux. We're also going to be giving Ty a brilliant opportunity to talk about his beloved Shrewsbury Town. They take on Bristol City. And we're going to be having a look at some potential giant killings as well with plenty of Premier League managers looking anxiously at lower league opposition this weekend. Join us after the break. Football Social Daily Premier League Preview Sports Social Welcome back to the Football Social Daily Weekend Preview Show. Now, obviously in the first half we mentioned we're taking a break from Premier League action this weekend and discussing the FA Cup third round. Now, the guys have given their opinions on what changes they think the FA could or should make to ensure that the FA Cup continues at least in the near future and hopefully for all of us in the years and seasons that carry on. Now, Games this weekend, I'm kind of disappointed the way the balls were drawn out of the hat. I, I kind of look forward to maybe three or four all Premier League ties. This time around, we've only been given two. 
Uh, maybe we've been spoiled over Christmas with some cracking games, and now we're having to just deal with two Premier League games this weekend. So the big one that all the attention I think is going to be on from a neutral perspective is Liverpool against Everton. Now, the big story from Everton's point of view is this dreadful record they've got at Anfield. No win there since 1999. And Liverpool fans, as we all know, love to rub their noses in it. Liverpool are absolutely flying at the moment. We touched on it just before the break of how Liverpool are going to balance their side. Ty, if you're Jurgen Klopp, you see where you are in the league. Is there maybe a bit of a temptation to go, if you get through January and we're still in the position we are, I can then shift a bit of focus to cup competitions? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm, I suppose you can kind of see why they're talking about making changes. I mean, I read something today about all these these kids that are going to play and, you know, it, it seems quite a a drastic move. We touched on their injuries beforehand and, you know, there's no one in their first eleven that's really injured. It feels like it's the the depth that they're, they're lacking at the moment. A lot of fringe players injured. Their bench last night looked pretty young. So the, I suppose the theory is you don't want to pick up another injury. But it, it, it does feel, I mean, they've got the league wrapped up. They're not. They're surely not going to blow it from here. Um, you know, they're going to focus on the Champions League with that. But feels like um, it, it feels like a bit of a risk. I mean, we don't know what team he's going to play. But if it is a team packed with six, seven kids, then you know it hands the initiative to Everton. And I'm not going to take any gloss off their season. But I think it would be a sad way for them to go out of the FA Cup by playing a team of kids and losing to Everton and losing this hold they have at Anfield over Everton and losing the chance to like we said before, possibly get to March, April with a, the chance of doing a treble. Now, Jurgen Klopp did the ultimate trolling of Everton fans before the league derby uh, back in October, where that was the first time where he made significant changes and rested players. And he brought Divock Origi in and Jordan Shakiri in. And Everton fans would have been looking at that team sheet before the game and thinking, well, maybe we've got a chance here. And then Origi, Shakir- Origi and Shakiri score three goals inside the first 20 minutes and just kind of end the game for, from an Everton perspective. Are they a completely different proposition now with Ancelotti? Is this now the first time that Everton are going to be going to Anfield as good as Liverpool have been this season and going, maybe we've got something, maybe we've got a bit of an ace up our sleeve, even if it's just in terms of the mental way that we'll approach it. Ancelotti in the dressing room is the most high-profile manager they've they've ever had. To be able to walk out on the Anfield pitch, yes, against the Liverpool side that might make a few changes, could that tip it for Everton? Potentially, I think so. I think um, Carlo Ancelotti's been a bit of a bogey manager, if you get those, for um, Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool, uh, given how many problems he's given them with Napoli in the Champions League over the last two years. We've seen them get a draw at Anfield this year, uh, beat them in Napoli this year and last year. Um, and he does seem to f- to just have that way of uh, of causing them problems, and whether it's his system... Uh, that we've seen him introduce at Everton. I've I've been impressed with what I've seen from them so far. I didn't think they were up to much against City the other day, but then, you know, even with City playing as they are the way at the minute, it it doesn't take a lot to get beat by Manchester City. Um, I think that they'll go there with confidence, they'll go there with a a bit of renewed hope, uh, especially if Liverpool do what I think is probably sensible and rest players. Uh, So I, I have a feeling that Everton might go through, but at the end of the day, I don't think that Liverpool are going to be are going to be too worried about it because if there's one thing about them and their success over the last couple of years, it's it's basically come from making kind of cold and rational decisions. And you hear Klopp today talking about how he's, you know, he wants to respect the cup, but he's got to respect his own players. I think that is probably the the right thing to do given the the workload that's been on him going to Qatar recently and and playing so many games over Christmas. And it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if Everton get a result. No, 
Um, perhaps it would be a little bit tainted by the fact it came against, you know, some children, but still. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think um, but I think it would be the right decision for Liverpool to rest players, and, and yeah, it definitely gives Everton a chance. Do you think, Sam, given the situation that Everton are in, that Ancelotti's under pressure to drag them up the table and put them in the in the Europa League conversation by the end of by the end of the season? Do you think Everton fans are looking at this and going, the kind of the, the conversation we had before of, do you want a trophy or do you want European qualification? If you're an Everton fan ahead of a derby game this weekend, would you? just go whole hog for the FA Cup now or do you think because of Ancelotti because of their objectives at the start of the season they prefer a Europa League spot I don't I don't know um, because again like we were saying earlier like with Leicester obviously the Europa League is not the same as, as the FA Cup just being in it or qualifying for next season but I just I'm not in, less about long term objectives but I just think about the here and now they've still got that gloss of having Ancelotti and I, I, I suppose They'd be happy enough with the effort they showed against City, and you could look at it in the way that they stayed in the game. They had a few chances late on, and it was only two one and that kind of thing. So they can they can excuse that. And like, like you said before, you know, it doesn't take a lot a much you know, to get beat by City. Good results before that, and I'd, instead of thinking too much about are they going to win the FA Cup, I think if they think can we beat Liverpool this weekend, yeah, absolutely. And is it worth putting out a full strength team this weekend to yeah beat some Liverpool players that admittedly can win a corner against Aston Villa in the League Cup. I know that gets them rated very highly. But they, yeah, why, why not just play, play a full-strength team and go and win at Anfield? And yeah, if, if they win and they're happy about it, I'm sure Liverpool fans will say, oh, wow, it was our reserve team. This shows how Tim Potty you are. And that's how football rivalry works. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if Everton are beating their rivals now in the next round, they'll be delighted and it's a great opportunity for them. Then they can think about whether they want to win the FA Cup or finish seventh later on. I think they were really disappointed to, to get knocked out of the quarterfinals by Leicester in the League Cup just before Christmas as well. Um, just because it's been so long since there's been a trophy and it felt like at that stage as well, kind of before Ancelotti came in, that um, that with the season not really going anywhere and going down blind alleys, that that was their route towards something to, you know, to have something to show for themselves at the end of the season. And you, if yeah, an FA Cup would be brilliant for Everton because, and what better way to start than winning at Anfield and getting rid of that hoodoo that they've had for years as well? Ty, obviously, everyone's still kind of feeling their way in what we what we expect from Ancelotti's Everton. I think we're we're now just about over the shock of saying Everton manager Carlo Ancelotti, but we're still kind of trying to assess what he's going to do tactically. We know he's quite a, a light touch manager in terms of he doesn't necessarily bring a style with him; he adapts to what he has. If they, as, as Mark said, win this game, that'll obviously give this boost to the players. They've obviously had a difficult start to the season. Things have slowly turned a bit of a corner. The FA Cup is constantly brought up by Everton fans of why are we not doing more in it and why are we not doing more in it? I'm just looking here. Their, their record of, of recent years is, is pretty dreadful. They've had one season in the last 11 where they've gone beyond the fourth round. Um, that's that's pretty poor. It is. It is desperately poor for a team like Everton who... As we've said, they're a team who expect to have a go at the FA Cup. They're not going to win the league. The FA Cup seems like a trophy that, that Everton can be aspiring to win. It a lock, The lock of the draw, and before you know it, you're in the semi-finals. You know, it doesn't take a great deal. This this isn't the lock of the draw in a way, but the team that Liverpool play will, I think it presents them with a great opportunity, regardless of what team Liverpool play. If they go and win at Anfield and end this talk of having not won there since the last millennium, then you know that is a... That is a massive, A, it's a monkey off their back and B, it's a huge confidence boost for those players and a, a big kind of kickstart for the Ancelotti era. If, if they can turn around and he can turn around and say, well, within the first month, you know, we've, 
we've won at Liverpool, what more proof do you want that you should follow my methods? Then it's going to get the players on side, no matter what team Liverpool put out. And it does feel like a you know a big opportunity for Everton to really build some momentum. He's had a he's had a solid enough start. I mean, the performances have been fairly good. It was an, it was yeah. an open game at, at City. He has only beaten Burnley and Newcastle by one goal. You know, I don't think they're results that are particularly revolutionary. You know, they're not going to you know they're not going to end the season and stick them on DVDs or highlights reels particularly, are they? They're two pretty bog-standard wins. So I'd be wary of reading too much into those, but I think a win at Anfield, even if against Liverpool, which was second-string team, would be massive for him. OK, call us to the mass time. Uh, Mark, we'll start with you. Where do you see this going? Uh, I think it's totally dependent on Liverpool's lineup, uh, but I have a feeling that Everton will win. Sam, would you go with that? Do you think Liverpool, if they, if they maybe make too many changes, Everton have got the rolling ball behind them now? Uh, yeah, kind of. But if if you say a replay, it sounds less fence-sitting than if you just say a draw in the Premier League. <laughs> so I'm going to say it's going to be a replay. And then Everton will win at Goodison. I, time? I think it might be a replay as well. Although I also wonder if just perhaps there's a bit of kidology from Klopp in here in that his team sheet might come and there's a load of kids on the bench and Salah, Firmino and Mane are all starting. You know they've never started against Everton together. Yeah. Have they not? All three? No. So, I do wonder if there's a, this. just a little <laughs> bit of kidology because as much as Klopp's saying you know the right things in terms of players needing a rest and the targets are obviously elsewhere, he also knows how much it means to beat Everton for Liverpool. He's been there long enough now to know to know what the rivalry means and just wonder if there's a bit of kidology. Probably not, but... Do you go uh, Liverpool win? No, I, well, I think replay, unless Firmino, Salah and Mane start when I think Liverpool win. <laughs> OK, fair enough, right. The other uh, All-Premier League tie uh, FA, in the FA Cup fifth round that we mentioned is Wolves against Man United. Mark, would United fans have had their head in their hands when Wolves came out? Given the, the record against United in, in recent years, the last four games, they haven't beaten Wolves in the last four meetings. Wolves put them out of the FA Cup last season, obviously, albeit a little bit further along. Uh, they've drawn at Molyneux already this season, lost at Molyneux in the league last year. United fans, will they be a bit worried about this? I think so. I think um, Solskjaer today in his press conference, he made a little joke about hot and cold balls, which probably didn't go down too well in FA headquarters, but or even in the room, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, but, um, there might have been a few worried faces. <laughs> they have had a few tough cup draws um, since he's been in charge. And I remember going to Wolves last year and it was they obviously beat Arsenal and Chelsea in the Cup just before that, hadn't they? And it did feel like, OK, well, once you've got those out of the way, Wolves shouldn't really be, you know, they're a good side, but it shouldn't really be a problem. But it was probably the, it was probably the poorest display um, under his management up to that point. And it was his last game <laughs> Crucially. up to yeah. that point. Yeah, but that was, that was, that was, so yeah, it was, yeah, it was it like was, a week after Paris point, or something. Yeah, yeah. And it was just at the point where before the March international break and then obviously he gets a permanent contract after that. So that's where it all started to go wrong, if you like. And I think that this, you know, we, we, we keep coming back to what does the FA Cup mean for these clubs. For Solskjaer, I think he's probably looking at this and he's thinking, yeah, it'd be nice to win a, the FA Cup because he's such he's, he's, a, he's a romantic, isn't he? He's a bit, you know, you can tell from the way he talks in press conferences and stuff. He'd love to win a cup and he loves the idea that a, a trophy would kind of validate him. But I think that ultimately United's, season and not maybe potentially Solskjaer's future is going to come down to the fact of whether they qualify for the top four or not, uh, whether they're in next season's Champions League. And this game doesn't have any bearing on that whatsoever. So I'd imagine that, um, to come back to your original question, I imagine that United fans probably looked at the draw, probably thought this is going to be a tough one. 
We're in that poxy little away end again at Moundley New. It's the fourth time we've been there in the past 10 months. Can't be bothered going back. And I wouldn't be surprised if they find themselves dumped out of the competition uh, this time on Sunday. Wow. Sam, do you think there's, do you think it's a bit harsh to say Soscar's future is, is in a little bit of um, uncertain territory at the moment in terms of United fans are happy in that they don't really want to publicly criticise him, mm. but they're well aware of everything's very stop-start, it's very one step forward, two steps back, as we saw with the Arsenal results. As Mark said, do you think Solskjaer might be looking at this and going, there's a fair chance I might be out of a job in the summer, in the summer, sorry, but having a cut behind me, even if I do go, I'll always have that of, I won a trophy at Manchester United, which hasn't been the case for other managers that have followed Trialex Ferguson. Yeah, um, I think he definitely would. I think he's, there's a lot of things Solskjaer hasn't got in his locker, but he's certainly got defiance. And I think, yeah, if he could put a cup run together, um, not, yeah, not even a cup run, but win it, then yeah, of course he'd it, be delighted with that. And obviously that might not be enough because everyone knew Van Gaal was going, but won the FA Cup and went anyway. It might well be the same situation with Solskjaer. Um, the only problem is that at the, at the moment, the, the midfield's a bit bare and then, you know, they're not particularly strong on ideas in a lot of games um, and if Wolves are up for it and you know approach it properly then I agree with Mark I think Wolves will win but I don't know I I always kind of think with United you never quite know but I think you, I think we do know now and they're just <laughs> but and you, you mentioned you know you mentioned like a step forward two steps back I just don't think there have been any steps forward whatsoever like they win individual games and sometimes those individual games might be against big teams but you just you just know they're going to fall away again yeah. like we, we had this conversation after they beat City and I was in here with um, with Jay, Jay Motter's head. And to be fair, I, I thought they would beat Everton that weekend. I was like, Phew. I can see it being a struggle. But I could see yeah. them being like the Brighton game a couple of months ago where if they get a couple of early goals. But I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't break down Everton. And Jay was like, no, I think Everton will get a draw. And he was bang on. And now I'm just thinking, yeah, that's that's just what it is. You know, United, yeah, they can set up on the counter-attack against the odd big big team, but... You know, Arteta's Arsenal kind of exposed the the, co- the level of coaching of that team. United yeah. just aren't well coached, or aren't well coached to kind of have the ball at least. It's two different things. You know, they they haven't got a different way of playing. And yeah, I don't think there's been any steps forward. It's just United are just this stuck on mediocre the spot side at the moment. It's not really- in terms of position necessarily, because they're not like fifteenth going to get relegated. But it's just for United standards, it's just mediocre. It is funny that like. I remember we were saying the same thing over and over again, and especially after those Manchester City and Tottenham wins. Um, and then over Christmas, it, it, it did kind of flip on its head a little bit because they went and beat Newcastle Boxing Day, Burnley, and then they go and lose to Arsenal, despite you know Arsenal Arsenal being the team that we know Arsenal are. Um, but I was, yeah, I would, I agree with Sam. I would totally expect a return to form. And the thing is with Wolves that they are, even though they're quite a good side, and we know how, how many problems they give top six teams. They are a team that likes to stay compact, low, um, and then kind of press through the middle. And that's the, exactly the sort of things that gives United problems if they get if they get sprung on a counter attack. So I reckon, uh, yeah, like I said, I think I think it's, it's Wolves for the taking. I think if this was a fourth round tie and it came after United's League Cup semi final, how they approach it and view it would be very different. If they beat City and get to that final, then you know the FA Cup becomes a bit of a bonus. If they lose to City and are out then the FA Cup suddenly takes on a lot greater importance. But obviously it's coming beforehand. I, I agree with the, the chaps really that I think it's going to be a very difficult game for them. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of beyond predicting what United are going to do yeah. this season. Yeah. just a, a total mystery. Yeah. The, the thing about those Newcastle and Burnley results, we're going into them. You know, we also have those stats about one win in 12 in the league when they have more possession. 
over Christmas you're playing the 19th and 20th teams for average possession in a game and you're thinking this is just you know this is a this is a bad recipe for Christmas and it, they won both games and looked quite dangerous going forward in both games but every time you feel like they've even approached turning a corner they've even put their indicators on to turn a corner <laughs> suddenly you know they're they're back to, to square one and the engine falls out the, the engine, front of the yeah, car they go in a straight line again it's just you know it, it is impossible for them to build up any momentum yet somehow they are fifth and I think the interesting thing talking about Solskjaer's future is they were to finish fifth I think they're taking fifth at the start of the season really at you know, I think a top four challenge was always fairly, maybe not unlikely, but I don't, I don't, I wouldn't have put them down as favourites for top four going into the season. Um, if they finish fifth and say they won the league cup, I, I, I'm not sure that's a sackable season. Yeah, I think if you asked most United fans and you know most pundits in this country, they would say that Charles Scott is probably not the man that's going to bring the very good times back to Old Trafford, but. You know, you don't get any desire from in the club that he's on, that he's close to the sack, that he's even mm-hmm. particularly under pressure. Every time he's been close to being under pressure this season, the one good thing he's done this season is every time it's looked like he's under pressure, he's found a result from somewhere. That home game against Liverpool, when they had those draws against Sheffield United and Villa, you thought, oh God, they've got City and Tot- Tottenham City this week, he's going to be under pressure, wins them both. You know, every time it's looked like the pressure is building, he's found a result and yeah. bought himself some time and that continues to the end of the season and say they finish fifth and win the league cup or do something in the Europa League I, I think it gives them a difficult decision of of what to do but winning a trophy certainly winning the FA Cup or the league cup you know it, it might well swing it that he gets another season yeah well I'm not going to ask you to predict probably the most unpredictable game with the most unpredictable Premier League team this season so we're going to move on regardless of the results in those two games this weekend there is definitely going to be two Premier League sides in the hat for the FA Cup fourth round um, I can't say the same that it's going to be a clean sweep across the board for some of the other Premier League sides now there's some really really potential for, for a few giant killings here and I've just picked a few out Rochdale at home to Newcastle and Fulham at home to Aston Villa today now Newcastle have lost the last three they lost the last four and five in the league things do seem to be getting a little bit sticky for Steve Bruce I know he does have injuries to deal with Going to Rochdale will be very difficult. Fulham uh, welcoming Aston Villa to Craven Cottage. They're pushing for promotion from the Championship. Obviously, Villa have got their own world of problems. Um, Wesley, Tom Heaton ruled out through injury for the rest of the season. And they're looking like they're slipping deeper into relegation trouble. Uh, Mark, we'll go with you on this one. Advocate for Greater Manchester, Lancashire uh, District Football. Rochdale, they can give Newcastle a few problems, you think? I think so. I think I've seen Rochdale only once this season when they when they came to Old Trafford, but um, they were really impressive that night. Um, managed to really stifle United, and they're just a, they are. You know, I mentioned Berry before or alluded to them. Rochdale are just nearby, but they're the antithesis of Berry in that they're a really well run lower league football club who do things the right way and you know bring kids through like Luke Matheson who scored at Old Trafford, sixteen year old lad. Um, I, I expect them that they would cause problems for Newcastle this weekend. I was there a couple of years ago when they had Tottenham in the third round, and they managed to get a replay and go to Wembley. So I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if they managed to if they managed to get a result there. The other one that I'd pick out, I think, from um, Saturday's games, today's game, sorry, is um, probably Preston and Norwich. You know, we know Norwich, yeah. Norwich's problems at the bottom, and and that's Alex Neil going up against his former club, and Preston just another team that is just well organised and drilled and you know knows what it's doing and I, I remember going went to Deepdale to watch City play them in the League Cup earlier this year and got beat 3-0 I think it was but it, 
quite an impressive and solid performance at the same time. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, a bit of an upset there. Norwich well. never win in the FA Cup, do they? They never win in cups. Generally. They? No, they've right. got a terrible. Yeah, they're record. terrible. Yeah, really. I thought that's why you were saying it. They're terrible. Okay, well, no, that as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, when you look at and this is going back to what we were saying right at the start of the show, is one of the exciting things of FA Cup third round. You go through that big long list and you go, "Oh, this could happen," or "This could happen." But when you look at these types of pairings, it doesn't really generate that much excitement. I'm looking at Sunday's games as well. Middlesbrough against Tottenham. Do we potentially maybe see something happen there, Ty? Yeah, maybe. Middlesbrough seem to have turned a bit of a corner over, uh, over Christmas under Jonathan Woodgate. So you never know. And, and Tottenham, I mean, Mourinho seems to be accelerating through the, the three stages of, of his reign quicker than ever these days. <laughs> I think we're on to stage three already at Tottenham. Um, and obviously they've got no Kane. So you never know, possibly. But it doesn't have... I mean, it doesn't have the feel of an upset, does it? It was a game that's been played in the Premier League recently. That's how they get you. <laughs> <laughs> they lure you in with that one. Yeah, the ground's not going to be full. So, I mean, Gillingham West Ham, bit of an interesting, interesting game, I think. Mm. Um, fairly local-ish teams to each other. <laughs> Proper. Um, Is that a derby? I'm, sure I'm not sure there's much of a derby there, but it feels like you know they're they're fairly. Local to each other, you could imagine generating a bit of a bit of dislike. We're getting into Crystal Palace Brighton territory here, like naming a naming a derby after a road. Yeah, um, Manchester City are home to Port Vale. I think none of us would really expect any any sort of ridiculous shock oh, coming, coming for that one. I don't even know. I've been meaning to ask. It's because the FA Cup has sold loads of games a couple of seasons ago to overseas, overseas broadcasters, yeah, which is yeah. why there's like eight at half twelve, eight at three, eight at half five, eight at two o'clock on Sunday. Yeah, good that. Well, obviously, as I say, we don't think that Port Vale are going to get a result, but the guys were chatting before we started recording, and, and Sam and Mark have got a, a, a ridiculous story, an absolutely classic FA Cup third round oh. story. There's going to be uh, a little bit of context for well, this game. You've probably seen this, but if you haven't seen this, um, Tom Pope, who plays up front for Port Vale, uh, was sat down over the summer uh, in his, uh, watching England's Nations League semi-final against Holland and uh, went on to a famous social took media. To took to Twitter, yeah. Let's say he joined the conversation and... Uh, and <laughs> I'd say he led the conversation. On, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> led the conversation on uh, John Stones, basically said that, uh, well, he's no good. I know I'm a League Two striker, but I'd love to play him every week because I'd score 40 a season. Um and now what's happens? he turns out that he's he's meeting John Stones in the FA Cup third round tomorrow. Um he did when the tweet was made retract it uh by well, I think it was a retraction. He said that yes, this was six months ago, it's a joke. Uh I've been really impressed with how he's played since I think he's now the best centre back <laughs> in the world. He has got a bit of a reputation for a bit being a bit of a wind up merchant, so I would take that retraction with a pinch of salt. But it will certainly be interesting. The original tweet was put to Pep Guardiola today in his press conference. Uh, he wasn't aware of it until we told him, but he wasn't that impressed. And I don't think John Stones would have been either. So I imagine, you know, watch out for a few fireworks there, maybe. With when Stones you... on the bench. No, well, uh, but he's, he's Tom gonna... Pope throwing the fireworks at him. <laughs> he's going to get some minutes, apparently, Guardiola said. So when we you, definitely might see something. Action. When you look at these things, well, we've all been in this position with Twitter, whatever, even if it's just an innocuous tweet, we all have a half a second before we press tweets before we, we send it and if I was Tom Pope I'd be thinking I'd need to be in some pretty decent form in League 2 banging goals in and have a reason to think do you know what even if I get a goal at the Etihad against the defending champions against the defending FA Cup winners then at least you know I can I can at least look John Stones in the eye as, as I walk past the Manchester City subs bench but he's got a pretty terrible record so far this season he's got six goals uh, in all competitions he did score a hat-trick in the last round in the FA Cup He's just made a rod for his own back here, hasn't he? 
Um, well, yeah, because everyone's going to be looking at him. Um, and it would certainly be interesting if, if City were to play Harwood Bellis, who's 17, and Garcia was 18, and they marked him out of the game. Uh, I mean, I mean, fair play, you know. He's Could be a tweet incoming he, about them. He's obviously at the level where he probably feels that he's at a level, I mean, where he can just think, well, you know, another Premier League player wouldn't do that because it's just more hassle than it's worth. Yeah. He's probably at the level where he's like, oh, who's bothered? You know, I, yeah. I can say this stuff. You know, there's a, there's a different level of scrutiny at that level. It's just how it is. And he probably feels comfortable saying that. So and he probably never thought, you know, he was going to come up against Man City. You know, the, mm. the, the chances of that happening... You're basically thinking of an FA Cup draw, but you just don't think it's going to ever happen. So, He's, not fair. I mean, I you said you got half a second where you put a tweet out. I'll probably wait on mine for about half an hour. Before, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be bothered yeah. with this. Um, if, but, uh, no, fair play to him. He is a footballer. He's still better than you know. If if any, the thing the bad thing about that is if any of us wanted to have a go at him, he's still better than all of us. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't deleted the tweet either. So no, fair enough. That's some stubbornness. Yeah. And he is. I mean, he was only being followed by Port Vale fans in the summer, wasn't he? Let's be honest. No one else is following. Yeah. yeah it's Pope, like, so. Yeah. I'm assuming he's had a bit of a rise in follow since I would imagine this. so. One of the first replies to this is, let's hope Port Vale draw City then next season, which has come true and we will get to see it oh, now. Is... I mean, he was he was quite analytical about why he would get 40 a season as well. You know, He, he explained to um, fellow <laughs> footballing luminary Curtis Woodhouse replied to him, now, now of the boxing fraternity, <laughs> and said, um, well, basically agreed with him, which is perhaps why Curtis Woodhouse doesn't get many punditry gigs. Um, but Yet. said that as, uh, you know, he wouldn't give a little striker chance because he's quick and reads the game well but reckons a target man I won't use the exact phrase because it's, <laughs> you, you can, can you can find it on Twitter yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not offensive it's just <laughs> dreadful um, but yeah he got absolutely zero aggression and target man could could have the best of him basically is what he was saying so it'll be interesting to see whether the long balls do get shoved down John Stones' throat and we, we do see that I, I've never seen someone put delicately uh, kind of an offensive tweet as you've just done there it's, so, it's if you so wanna, fantastic if you want to read the actual I've never heard that before, X-rated right? version so uh, you can find it on Twitter now before we go we are we're breaking with tradition again from the Football Social Daily pre- uh, weekend preview show uh, where we're not talking about a Premier League side and we're going to give Ty the, the last word today Bristol City welcome your beloved Shrewsbury Town to mm. Ashton Gate this weekend give us the lowdown on Shrewsbury Town, you've got you've got everyone's attention. Tell us why seconds. Shrewsbury Town are going to win this game. Well, I mean, Bristol City will probably make changes because they're they're in the Championship, and that kind of has kind of filtered down to the Championship now. This whole making changes thing. I mean, it's not really the the cup tie you want, is it? When you're a League One or a League Two team, and you you know you battle your way through to the third round of the FA Cup, and then you draw Bristol City away. I mean, with absolutely no respect to Bristol City, it's just not the game you want, is it? I mean. They're probably going to be back in League One at some point soon. No one, you know, everyone's been there before, and <laughs> Here we go. no, no one really cares about playing Bristol City away. It's just not the draw you want. If it was at home, you'd think, well, it's a Championship team. We've got half a chance of getting through and getting to the fourth round, but it's away, so we'll probably lose. And you know, Shrewsbury fans and, and my mates won't get to go to a to a big ground. I'm I'm working at City, so I won't be there unfortunately. But so you never know. But we, we, they've got half a chance. But it's just been anyone who follows a League One or League Two team that very rarely goes up or goes down, we'll, we'll know the, the feeling this year when I say it's been one of those years that every time we get a run of results together and get within a couple of the points of the playoffs, we then lose a game. Kind of like Premier League two's, uh, League 1's Manchester United maybe, and that we just can't get the uh, consistency going. We won at Blackpool just before Christmas and got within a couple of points and then took one point over Christmas and it's back to mid-table mediocrity now. Who is the, who's, the sh- uh, who's the Shrewsbury player that we should be looking out for? Who's the player that John Stones will be keeping an eye on Twitter for in the fourth round? 
It's a tricky one. I mean, defensively, we're very good. We've got a, a very solid defence, but that's not very glamorous, is it? Aaron Pierre is quite good. We've actually got three Granada internationals in the team, possibly four coming up as well. I think another lad's eligible for Granada. So There's a stat for you. There's a bit of a love in there. The Granada president is always on Twitter cheering on cheering on Shrewsbury. And Are the Athletic aware of this? Oh, possibly yeah. not. It does sound a very <laughs> athletic long read, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Pitch that, Sam. Get to Granada for yeah. the next international. <laughs> is, the Gran- is the Canadian president going to be after John Stones? <laughs> That's the Twitter war that we really want to see. Yeah, so it's become a bit of a, a Granada-Shrewsbury thing. They qualified for the Gold Cup for the first time last year and we've we've claimed our, our rightful place in, in Granadian, Granada, Grenadian football Grenadian, history. Yeah. So, so there's a few there. Um, Ollie Norburn, he's, he's one of them. He's the, the captain. He's quite good, but I think he's out this weekend. Um, beyond that, I mean, there's no one. There's no one particularly worth keeping an eye on. It's more of a collective. <laughs> more of a collective. Just some of the parts. Vehicle. That's what yeah, it's about. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'm going to be straight with you. I don't think we've ever ended a show on such a, a ridiculous uh, note. Definitely not talking about Grenadian uh, footballers or Grenadian presidency or go. John Stones. Joseph ra- Cheney, I believe, is the president's name. Give him a follow. Any relation to Dick? Well, they're in a similar industry, aren't they? So. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's definitely one to keep an eye out. So uh, this weekend, your Twitter searches should be John Stones and Grenada football, definitely. <laughs> Guys, it's been and a John. bizarre but brilliant show. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Sam Lee, Manchester City correspondent for The Athletic. Cheers, lads. I'm off to Grenada. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for a contract. Um, uh, Mark Critchley, Northern football correspondent for The Independent. Thank you, Mark. Cheers, Fergal. And Tyrone, the knowledge marshal, uh, <laughs> football reporter for the Manchester Evening News. Thank you so much for your incredible knowledge at the end there. A pleasure. Great stuff. And that has been the Football Social Daily Weekend Preview Show. Don't forget, every day we have a fresh podcast for you covering all things Premier League. You can get it through Acast, you can get it through iTunes, Spotify. Just hit like, just hit subscribe. And if you want to get the latest on your own Premier League team and nothing to do with the other 19 teams in the league, simply ask your Alexa device to enable Sports Social and then just set up your team from there. Thanks very much for listening and we'll see you very soon. Football Social Daily Premier League Preview With the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere This is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky No, no, nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so I suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.